Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Exo Marriage Podcast. We've got such a great episode coming to you today, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're going to be talking about Exo, and you may not know what Exo is, or you may have heard of Exo, and we do these conferences all around the country every year, and we bring in great speakers, and we talk about relevant topics to help you grow in your marriage. My name is Brent Evans. I'm the president of Marriage Today and the founder of Exo Marriage. And today we're going to be talking with Jefferson Bethke on the podcast. But before we get to that segment, I want to talk to you about XO Now. XO Now is a brand new subscription service from Marriage Today, and we put all of our best content on there. So you'll be hearing from all the speakers that come through the XO stage, plus a lot of series from my father, Jimmy Evans, are on there as well. And we keep adding brand new content every single month. So you want to check that out. But we're also giving away XO Now subscriptions. You may be asking yourself, hey, how do I win an XO Now subscription? We are going to be rewarding people who participate with the show. So those of you who are out there, you're listening, and you've never given us a review, I want to ask you to go on and give us a review. And you can be as kind or as mean as you want to, but a five-star review would be awesome. I would, I would be your best friend. And if you want to do that, you go on there, leave us a review, but also write something. You know, Write on there what you think about the podcast, what you've learned from it. That really helps to grow this ministry and this podcast. And so once you go in there, we'll be selecting at random somebody from the review list, and we will be giving them their XO Now subscription. So if you hear your name at the end of this podcast, you'll want to email podcast at xomarriage.com for your winning subscription service. We've got a great podcast episode, Jefferson Bethke. You're going to want to know more about him. He was at the conference in 2018, came back in 2019 and brought a new intense message. I will say that he told me in this episode he wants to be a a mixture of Malcolm Gladwell and C.S. Lewis. I feel like that doesn't do it enough justice. You kind of have to just, like Neo in the Matrix, strap into the seat, put the device into your head, and he just downloads a ton of data into your head, and and he's great at that. And you're going to find out so much good information from him, talking about family and personal goals and how to be stronger in your commitment to your marriage and to your family. If you have children, this is a great episode to listen to as well because Jefferson has a young family and him and Alyssa, his wife, do a great job of building in traditions that help their family find time together, meaningful time together. So let's listen in on my conversation with Jefferson Becky. Hey everyone, we're live in Southlake, Texas at the EXO Conference 2019. We have had a full day so far, really had a phenomenal lineup. And then we had Jefferson Bethke, which is just like the cherry on top of the cherry this <laughs> afternoon. And he's fresh off the stage. He's coming into the podcast room right now. Welcome Jefferson Bethke to the hey, podcast. Thanks, man. I'm, I'm still trying to yeah come down. I, I get super hyped on the on stage. So I'm, I'm trying to, the adrenal, adrenaline, but it was fun. Yeah. Let's just get it out of the way right now. I've already had people stop me and say, will Jefferson <laughs> come back next year? <laughs> And will you give this boy more, more time. time? You should have seen it was, it's always the old people I can tell that I am just like running over. You know what I mean? Like they're just like, uh, deer in the headlights, like starting to seize. Um, but I'm like, you know what? You just got to do you, you know? What is it? So, so I was sitting in the back with uh, Les Parrott. He goes, what is Jefferson's speaking style? Yeah, well. I said, it's like a download of a lot of data. Like yep. it, it is. is I tried it. Yeah. I'd, I'd say download, ton of data, a lot of research, ADHD, random, Though if, if I could synthesize it, here's my dream. I'm like if when I'm 50, I want to be kind of like Malcolm Gladwell plus like C.S. Lewis, like some Christian theologian. You mm-hmm. know, some more like the storyteller data plus like more of just like a Bible guy. You know, so I don't know. But that's the dream. So I don't know. Maybe give me 20 years and I'll have hone that, that hone that in right now. Right now it's just like an ADHD sermon. I can but. see Gladwell. That's that's amazing because he says things in a way he takes perspectives that nobody else has thought through. Yeah, and I just I love him and some other thinkers like him. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just like yeah. 
Super good. Yeah. Well, you came in. Uh, this is where we are different. You came in. You were at a hotel by yourself. Dude, uh, with amazing. no kids. And you're like on Insta Story. I was watching your Insta Stories <laughs> last night talking to your. I went and saw Into the Spider Verse. Amazing which film. Which was awesome. Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, just Dude, saw it last weekend with the kids. Blew me away. Like, I mean, cinematography, visuals, storytelling. Oh, yeah. And if you're an actual like comic nerd like I am, all the connect little nuggets they put in there that most people wouldn't have seen, it was phenomenal. But yes, I love being alone. And that's maybe, Alyssa always says this. She's like, you, she knows what I'm thinking because it's like, or think, it's almost like thinking about sermons like this because I have to be alone. And then when I'm done with that, then I want to like, or if I'm not in a season of reading or researching or writing a book, then I want to be with people. But I kind of tend to not have to be able, be able to do both super well. But yeah, so I, yeah, eating alone, movies alone, that's like my love language. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like ever, and do, do you and Alyssa talk about this, that your lives are on display mm-hmm. all the time? So people feel like they know you already so well. Totally. We try to walk a fine line where like there's some calls we've made where like, you know, daily vlogging isn't that big of a thing anymore. But like two years ago, that was like the main thing on YouTube where the biggest vlogger, where biggest people on YouTube are vloggers, et cetera. And that's stuff like we're da- like some type of daily content production camera in our home, like stuff like that. We're like, yeah, that feels like a little too much. But, um, but yeah, the other stuff, like as long as like we don't, as long as we're living from a place of authenticity and honesty and feel like we're. Um, doing what we normally would do, then we don't. Then we always have to check ourselves, of course, on that. Then we're okay sharing it in hopes that it can be encouraging or equipping to other people, or start a conversation because some stuff I'll post or even our podcast. Yeah, it's like it's like I haven't figured this out, but what do you guys think? So I actually love the feedback loop of the internet and doing and putting stuff out like that. But I do think there's certain boundaries, and I actually talked. We actually did a podcast episode on that. I do think people overshare sometimes on the internet. I think people share a little too early. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> One really quick way to short circuit spiritual growth is when something hard happens, you take it to the internet, not to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us do that. Like I think some things should be hidden, some things should be obscure. That Jesus Jesus needs to do His work in you in the dark place. Um, meaning like in like where the light's off, where you're wrestling, you're, you know, kind of like the Jacob in the ladder. Can um, we unscramble that egg? Can you get people to stop using that as an outlet for their emotional that's pain? What, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, I, it's very tough because we've never had, my question of people of like, oh, when they say like, oh, is that me? Or do I do that? Well, I just say, okay, nowhere, nowhere, no other time in human history has, have you been, has it been, has there been less friction to overshare? So like, if you're like a millennial, then yeah, probably that's you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there's no, like in, unless you're very strategically thinking about what you share and what you don't share, you probably, because it's so easy, easier than it ever has been, you probably accidentally, you know, are always towing that line mm-hmm. or going over it. But I think specifically, yeah, the best way to unscramble the egg per se is really, there's a lot of things we can do, but I think specifically not sharing vulnerability for cool points. I think that's like a trend right now where like, you know, we try to share for the feedback loop, mm-hmm. like for like, so that I'm either liked or so that then I get like, you know, points on vulnerability. When I think true vulnerability is meant to lead to like healing. And I think again, that happens in the quiet and the dark place. And then also hard spots. You shouldn't be in, the, you shouldn't be isolated during a trial, but that's real community that should be in your life, not the internet. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I actually have a whole nother, I have a whole chapter on that in my next book that comes out in October uh, about like the idea of obscurity and how we don't obscure anything in our lives. We actually like to bring a lot of focus to things in our life. Um, so, yeah. How's life in Kihei with Alyssa? Are you guys doing good? I mean, Maui's not bad. Maui's yeah. not bad. Um, yeah, no, it's doing good. We actually, with three kids, we actually just had kind of like a intern for some work stuff, live in nanny. Like she's, she's one person, but she's kind of, she just moved in with us to help with a bunch of things. So that's really been helpful and alleviating because uh, it was actually a couple people said that like three kids, it was even like Pat, Pat, Craig Groeschel, when I was talking to him about it, he even said like um, 
three, he has six kids and he was like, three was definitely the hardest in like a small stage, not like forever or whatever. And he goes, you, and it depends on how quick you pack them, but three, you can easily get into the stage of like, they're all so like super needy mm -hmm. and not super self capable yet. Welcome and, to my world. Sorry. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so he, and so, and so he, he actually says like, that's why you should have more kids. Cause he goes, actually, it's kind of like a threshold you reach. That's what he said. He's like, so then I you can't get worse from here is what he said. So then they had six. And then he said, of course, then just math kind of starts making the oldest be able to help the youngest, et cetera. But he said three is the toughest because that's when they're just super kind of consumption vehicles and not mm -hmm. super self-sustaining yet. So we, yeah, we needed the help. And so we got the help. But it, so because that's been fun. And Lisa's doing good. So the baby's new. I mean, yeah, Lucy's a couple months old. Mm -hmm. So youngest, uh, she's doing good. Uh, easiest baby in some sense, like le the least already the most rhythmic and sleepy and stuff like that and all that. But there's been some other things that have just been tough. I think with the three kid thing, that's like so much juggling, uh, but it's been good. It's kind of just like a dance you have to figure out, you know? Mm -hmm. And how much domestic travel do y'all do? I mean, is, is it easy yeah. to get set apart? Does the internet keep you close? Yeah, so we don't do, it's always funny. The last two trips I think I've taken alone have actually been XOs. This one and last year, just because Dallas is kind of far. Um, and I usually, because Dallas is like a Christian hub, then I'll do some other work stuff while I'm here. And if I do a bunch of work stuff, then it's like, I usually bring a kid is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But when it's a bunch of work stuff, then it's like, then that's, I feel bad for them. It's like, I don't want you coming, you know, work with me all the time. So yeah, so we basically what I'm saying is, yeah, we don't travel apart too much. But when we do, because uh, we either all go as a family or I'll take like one of the, or two of the kids, then yeah, FaceTime is like, thank you, Steve Jobs. Thank you. <laughs> Last question on the family front. What's your and Alyssa's dream 20 years from now? What do you want to be doing once the kids are older and gone? And I mean, I'd always be around, but what's your dream? Yeah. Probably, I mean, the family team stuff we're doing right now, I do feel like I see that uh, it's kind of an initiative we're doing. I, I see that going for a long time um, and kind of being where a lot of our focus is, is helping people build and equip them and encourage them and building multi-generational family teams on mission. And then I, I could see some type of transition of me, hopefully maybe some type of teaching, some type of, I mean, I already teach, but I mean like kind of more in the like professor-ish kind of lane. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that means some type of intensives or seminary or connectedness or I don't know. But I, I think that is kind of where I'd love to be when I'm 40 or 50. Yeah, it's good. You think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm 41. 20 years from now, I'll be 61. That's real. That's, that's yeah, real. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> 40 to 60 is a difference too. I feel like that's a very, those are different life stages and the kids will be, a, you know, adults and they'll have be having kids. And it's weird to think of that. It's weird to go like 20 years because 20 years is where it's like not just the five-year thing, but it's like a lot changes in 20. So it's cool to think about. It does. It's a little it'll freak you out if you think about it too much. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about the Amish. That's, <laughs> Amazing people. Amazing the, people. That was one of the things that you talked today, I thought. Yes. What, what, a, what a line to kind of have to work into a talk about <laughs> totally. marriage. Well, if anyone, anyone who listens to our stuff will find very quickly, I love talking about Amish people and Jewish people a lot. And I, and I alluded to why today. I think there's a lot we can learn from them, just there's a lot like we can learn from other cultures and a lot we can learn even from ourselves. I think evangelicals do a really good job at a few different things. But Jewish and Amish people do really good at marriages, families, rhythms, um, and kind of spiritual formation, like the way they're able to pass on truth and, and, and give their children identities wrapped around a story. They just statistically, we're not talking like anecdotally, they statistically do it better than anyone else. So like, I want to I wanna talk about that. And so, yeah, so I just like dig into that. And that's part of the talk today of why I think specifically Amish people and Jewish people today, the theme is rhythms, like why I think they do so good at um, having the things that kind of, I, I didn't use the illustration today, but like, you know, when you go bowling and you suck and they put up the bumpers, mm -hmm. right? Um, I always have to get the bumpers because I'm like terrible. Bumpers are kind of like rhythms where they're, they're kind of like, they're not super the thing you're supposed to just like zoom in on and focus 
focus on, but they're going to help you stay where you're supposed to be going and kind of focus you in. They kind of keep you protected and keep you going in a particular direction. So I think that's one really good way to think about rhythms um, in your life, um, kind of spiritual formations that you do in a repeatable way. That's basically what I'm, I'm saying when I say that, is they keep you going in a direction you want to go and you don't go in the gutter, basically. And then also meaning. I think we're a culture that severely lacks meaning, and this has actually been written about tons by journalists, uh, psychologists, etc. Like everyone across the board, it's very clear that we just, we don't have meaning anymore. And also that's, by the way, I think why politically we're at such a dark time because politics is having to hold what seven other things used to hold. Politics is having to hold what the neighborhood used to hold, what um, religion used to hold, what community used to hold, what, you know, all these different things that like kind of gave you senses of meaning. And so now politics is having to hold like massive amounts of meaning for people that it was still meaningful. Like it's not, it's not irrelevant, but it was only, it wasn't meant to hold that much water. And so now it's very clear then when you re, when you're trying to get all this meaning of like, what's the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? Who am I? Who do I belong to? Um, what's my, what's my mission? Like really large questions that politics didn't used to answer, but did used to address. Then that's why it collapses. And that's why you get so tribal and so divisive mm-hmm. because now it's, it's, it's inherently more offensive to people when you start questioning their meaning of life, right? Not their who they vote for um, and what they think is their vision for a city, which is literally politic in Greek just means like a vision of a city or for a city. So that was a random tangent. But no, that's good. So, because when we talked <laughs> pretty about, much my life. Well, when we talked about Excel, you said you're going to come up with a, a, a brand new talk, but I know that so many people out there that heard it. And yeah, I felt are, like I had to do like a weird part too because it. I feel like last year people wanted. Like, I mean, it's totally a new talk, but I feel like I had to connect it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you did well with that. But there's people out there that want even more. Like, they're mm-hmm. hungry for to learn how to practically go through that. And I know you're launching some new family-based mm-hmm. ministry yeah. programs. Is there anything that goes deeper yes. in this discussion? There's one resource specifically that's, like, literally all this entirely, and it's called Seven Day Family. Uh, you can just go to familyteams.com. It should be up there. We're, I don't know when this podcast will come out, but we're, 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 rele- we're releasing it soon. And if not, you can, I think, pre-order it. But it's an e-course, so you can basically, it's just a series of videos and a digital workbook we give you that is basically this. It's like, it's, a, how, it's how to have a cadence as a family, how to be a seven-day family. And that's kind of the key to success is being a seven-day family. If you can nail seven days as a family, then you nail your life. Mm-hmm. If you can nail seven days, you can nail your life, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think we realize that. Like if you can actually get to a really good rhythm spiritually, vocationally, maritally, then it just it just continues to compound. And so that and so this kind of talks about that. We go it goes super there's high level thought, philosophy, theology in it. But then we also like the whole, I'd say most of the course is super practical of like, okay, how do you conduct a family meeting? How do you have a family meal? How do you make sure that the siblings are connected? Like it's it's a lot of stuff of just like rhythms of connection mm-hmm. and purpose. Um, and there's a workbook for it, et cetera. But yeah, it's literally it's literally a whole thing for that. Is there ever a context for baby steps? So for a yeah, family, totally. this is way outside. No, that's, and that's what the course talks about mm-hmm. is like, is, is you have to start from where you're at. Don't get intimidated, mm-hmm. right? And it's a long play. Like our culture is so addicted to like, I have to have an answer now. When it's like, no, if you believe, if you actually can kind of capture the vision of the, like kind of the t- concept of time I was talking about, that's more of a spiral than a straight line, then the pressure's off because, okay, I'm going to get that spiral again. And I get to try again and again and again. You basically get to steward these things. And so I see it like compound interest with financial investment where, you know, we've been trying to really live in rhythms, quote unquote, for four or five years. And I, some of the stuff we do did not start five years ago, right? It's like, I would say one thing at a time. 
Like do one thing at a time and don't go on to the next thing until you feel like you perfect that. So whether that's a family meeting, okay, do that for two months until you feel like you nail it. Do it for two years until you feel like you nail it. Family meal, et cetera. Then move on to bigger ones, smaller ones, family summit, holidays, all these different things. But yeah, I just think like, see it like compound interest where it's not hard to put a dollar in every day, but it is hard to say, let's invest $10,000 today. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people spiritually try to invest $10,000 today. And it's like, no, just chill. Like you actually will be rich if you put a dollar in today. And God will bless it. Yeah. And he blesses it. it. But like, that's how compound interest works is you actually will be really wealthy when you're older Mm -hmm. for only putting in a dollar every day. And so I think it's like that same, like, it's not like you're even going to be poor. Like you will actually be, it's, it's, it's an exponent. It's a hockey stick, right? The, The exponential growth. And so I just think, uh, that kind of model really helps. And give that URL one more time for the listeners out there. Yeah, so it's familyteams.com, which has a bunch of resources and books and blogs and blah, blah, blah. But I think if you dig around in there under resources or shop, the one specific one on familyteams.com is Seven Day Family, which is kind of on rhythms. And the EXO conference from last year and this year is going to be on EXO Now platform. You can go to exomarriage.com forward slash now and check out Jefferson's sessions. Oh, and, la- and the last year one too? Uh-huh. Cool. It's, yeah, it'll be perfect to kind of put those back to back. Yeah, and I watched yours last year again uh, before this conference. Oh, sweet. Because sometimes during the conference, I can't really focus <laughs> as much to <laughs> yes. that. And I'd heard it again at Jacksonville. I enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. But honestly, know, there's I'm a like lot of meat on that bone. No, you yeah. And I'm, I'm like that too, man. Conferences is like, you, even like what you said when I said your name and you were talking to Les, like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really hard to, when you're behind the scenes, like to consume the stuff. And I'm like that even being part of it of like, I want to hear some other stuff and yeah. I'm going to ask you a really random question. I grew up in uh, Amarillo, Texas, which is in West Texas. It's known for tornadoes. Mm. And when I was growing up, I was scared of tornadoes. Mm-hmm. I had nightmares about them. Do you, do you, your kids have nightmares about volcanoes? Is that a thing? <laughs> they do. Is that a real fear? It, uh, they don't. And, uh, but if you lived on Big Island, it would be. So Big Island, I mean, technically Maui also has Especially a volcano. Especially after that alert exactly. that went out. Okay, the <laughs> missile crisis is a whole different thing. We all have, we all have severe PTSD from the <laughs> missile crisis. And that was, dude, that was absurd. I thought it was, yeah, we really thought we were, we we were going to die for like 40 minutes. Yeah, no, there, there's like, vol- uh, Big Island has pretty serious volcanic activity. Maui hasn't in a long time. Um, I would say sharks is what sometimes gets to people because it's pretty like Maui's kind of the hotbed of the world. It's like Maui's out there. I mean, Hawaii. And I saw that. We stayed at a hotel and yeah. they showed a map of where yeah. the most sharks are. And, and it was Hawaii. right outside of our hotel. Yeah, I was going to say it's Hawaii, South Africa, and I think Australia. But when you zoom in on Hawaii, out of the eight islands, it's actually Maui. And then out of Maui, it's South Maui, which is where you were staying and where mm-hmm. we live. So we're kind of in like the hotbed of the world. But there's no, there's not a lot of well, I was going to say attacks. still, quote unquote, the hotbed of the world means like 10 attacks a year, mm-hmm. which is like, if you actually mathematically, I mean, six, 10 million people get in the water. Like it's, it doesn't happen if you do the math. But uh, 10 is still a lot, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's enough where like every couple months someone gets bit and then the beach shuts down. You're like, oh. You and know, the bite's just... worse enough that you don't want to be the one that gets bit. And, exactly. But yeah. I always tell people, 99% of people, I mean, it's probably not 99%. I think, I think a hand, most of the people don't actually die because a shark will bite you to see what you are. It doesn't eat you. Right. And so like if you, so it bites you once basically. And then it's like, oh, I don't want this. Oh, to every human. So then it basically, but that's a huge bite. So if it obviously, you basically, you bleed out, but it only bites you once, doesn't eat you to death. And so, you know, you basically, if you can get to shore and tourniquet that thing and get to the hospital, you'll probably be fine. That doesn't really encourage Alyssa when I tell her that, but it encourages me when I'm like, you know, it's actually like, they just, just, if they bite you in the right place and it's, you know what yeah, I mean? It's like people who grew up in the Serengeti or in the, you know. Yeah. They just don't uh, chomp you to death, which is the nightmare. They have like you know lions, I mean? you know, walking by them. They're just like, ah, oh, it's not exactly. For us, we're just just imagining them exactly. snacking on our body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, this is the EXO Podcast. You've been listening to Jefferson Bethke here, and he has been a part of the EXO Conference the last couple of years. We love having him be a part of it. Him and Alyssa have an awesome ministry. I hope you check them out. What's a good URL to check you guys out? 
probably same thing. I'd say familyteams.com or jeffandalyssa.com, but we actually put and kind of put all most of our activity and kind of stuff we're creating, blogs, et cetera, on familyteams.com right now. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Exo Marriage Podcast. I do hope today's podcast episode was a blessing to you, that you learned a lot from Jefferson. But you can also check out Exo Now to hear all of Jefferson's incredible talks at Exo Conferences this year and last year. All you have to do is go to exomarriage.com forward slash now. And when you purchase a yearly subscription, you get all of the Exo 2019 sessions included with that annual subscription. You'll want to make sure you go check that out because we had so many great talks from the EXO 2019 conference. And we keep adding, every time we have a tour stop, we keep adding sessions to that. So there's brand new content coming at you all throughout the year. Also, Jefferson mentioned the seven-day family program that's coming out soon. You can go to familyteams.com for more information. And as promised, we're going to be giving away an EXO Now subscription. I have just looked up the reviews and selected somebody at random. We have some great reviews on there. But somebody just posted a review back in February. It's one of the most recent ones. And I wanted to reward that person, this person's name is Amy Lou 1690 That's their screen name. That's their post name. And I want to reward them. So Amy Lou 1690 if you're out there and you want to get your EXO Now subscription, please email us at podcast at exomarriage.com. Again, that's podcast at exomarriage.com. Again, if you want a chance to win, you need to go online and post some reviews on the podcast. We appreciate it. Please tell your friends about it. And we'll see you next time on the EXO Marriage Podcast.